right, good morning, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on a beautiful springtime Sunday morning? Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord together today? Yeah, come on, make some noise for Jesus. Yeah. All right, praise God. We're going to have a great time today. Who had a blast last Sunday on Easter Sunday as we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus? It was a great day. Amen. And today is going to be no different. Let's stand up together this morning. Praise God. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep believing and declaring that this nation is coming to Jesus. And we're going to walk by faith, not by sight. But praise God, the Lord is good. Let's speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here to do a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a handshake, a high five, a fist bump, and of course, a great big hug. Make sure everybody gets the love today. Amen. Let's go.
Sri Lanka and Thailand. And anyway, they're regional directors for the Association of Faith Churches and Ministries Missions. And they're very, very special and dear to our hearts. So please, if you would join us next Sunday morning, that would be wonderful. We also have baptisms coming up the Sunday yes. after that. Yes. Yes. So we try, we've been asked this question like 10 times over the last couple of weeks. We try to do baptisms every three months or so. So if you are feeling like that you need baptized, now's the time. There is a 9 a.m. class on the 30th that you'll need to attend so you kind of know what's going on. And we'll give you a call the week before to tell you what to bring. Um, but it is a very important, special thing for us as a church to be a part of and to rejoice with them over. So you may sign up at the info booth or Jesse has it. Is that someone has it? Did you just pass it oh, around? Oh, it's already passed around. Oh, it's already passed right. around. Praise right. God. Okay, so make sure to sign up. Um the National Day of Prayer is yes. coming the first Thursday in May. Yes. It's May 4th. Mm-hmm. The May the 4th be with you day is actually the National Day of Prayer day. Yes. So, yes, I will condone you wearing your Star Wars shirts. That is acceptable. However, you need to be here that evening at 7 o'clock. So it is a citywide National Day of Prayer And uh, the pastors in town, there's just a whole lot of unity amongst the pastors overall. And I think it's really beautiful to see the whole body of Christ getting together. So it's special and dear to me to watch that happen and to get to tell you that we get to host it this year. Yeah, come on. And, yeah, we get to host. And... um, with the amount of worship nights that have been going on throughout the city and moving from church to church, it's been really important and special to the pastors that this National Day of Prayer not be so much about the ceremony as it is about the presence of God in our lives, in our city, and in our nation. So when you come to this National Day of Prayer, we're coming to meet the Lord, and we're coming to talk to Him. So please do tell all your friends yeah. and enjoy the National Day of Prayer with us on May 4th at 7 p.m. Amen. So I'm really excited about it this year. Um, a lot of you know that um, I'm the president of the Barstow Ministerial Association now. So this is my first year kind of getting to be, uh, you know, lead the event. And I'm really glad to be hosting it right here at our church. So it is super important to me, as you know, your pastor, that everybody make it out that night. Uh, this will be about a one-hour event. But one of the cool things is we're going to be doing a citywide communion with all the churches. I mean, this hasn't happened in Barstow since I've been here. And so all the churches that are going to be here, we've ordered, you know, a lot of communion supplies for this. And we are going to, it's going to be just, I think, one of the most beautiful moments of Christian unity that Barstow has seen in decades. And 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 uh, so I'm just really going to be pushing this over the next few weeks. It is really, really, really important that we come together that night as Christians in Barstow from all the churches. We're going to have some worship. Uh, we've assembled a worship team with people.
people from about, a lot of the different churches and a lot of the different pastors are going to be leading prayers. I'm not going to lead any of them. I'm just going to kind of host the event, but I want all the other pastors uh, to, to be doing some of the praying and we're going to have communion together with hundreds and hundreds of our fellow Christians from right here in Barstow. So who's going to be here on Thursday, May 4th, 7 p.m.? Amen. Come on. Yes. Let's be here that night and uh, we're going to keep promoting it, but make sure you do your part to at least be here and invite some people that evening. Thank you so much. Love you. All right. <laughs> I guess it's my turn now. Right. Okay. I want to talk to you about our Mother's Day event this year, our mother and son event. I rotate every other year. Last year we did mother-daughter luncheon. This year we're doing mother-son breakfast. And so that is going to be on Saturday, May the 13th, Mother's Day being the 14th. It will take place in the main sanctuary here. And uh, tickets are on sale in the info booth. Children, uh, boys ages 6 to 10 are $6. 11 to adults are $8. And if you, if you bring a child under 5, then they're free. But I'm going to pass out this sign-up sheet. So, I mean, men, you can bring your mothers. You know what I'm saying? Or... Um, Mothers, bring your sons. You know what I mean? You know, just whatever. And really, if you are a mother and you don't have a son, just adopt one of them from around there here, you know. I mean, that works out as well, too. But you need to get signed up because this is one of our big events of the year, and it takes a while to prep it. It takes a while to, to buy all the things that we put into having a big event like this. And so do me a favor. Sign up. Get your money in, and we'll see this thing be a success. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, so they have asked me to, you, you want to talk? Real quick. So, ladies, the, sorry, those of you who have a daughter who is old enough to help serve and you're thinking, what am I going to do with her? See Renee in the bookstore before you leave and she'll make a list. I have a girl who's going to be like, you know, all alone that day. So she, I'm sure, will come and serve. So if you would like to serve and your mother and brothers are going to be at the banquet, just see Renee before you leave service today. There you go. And not only that, but we need cooks too. Because <laughs> we're going to have breakfast, so we need somebody to help us cook this stuff. Okay. All right. Well, Maylee, hey, my tithe and offering verse today, I am in the New King James Version. I'm in Malachi chapter 3, and I'm going to begin in verse 8 in just a minute. But I'm going to tell you that we are also receiving our missions offering this morning. Um, as uh, Pastor Katie said, uh, Liz and Dana Nile are going to be here this Sunday. How many of you have never experienced Liz and Dana Nile? You've never seen them, never heard them, none of the above, if you never have. You mean you, everybody in here has heard them? Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm really excited about them coming this year. The end of their, the, the, the name of their ministry is ends of the earth ministry and they literally go to the ends of the earth they've been to siberia they lived in siberia for a while they go everywhere now this last missions trip that dana was on he did not bring liz with him because where he went was was dangerous he was in nepal you know you can get kind of in deep deep trouble for being in nepal and uh, preaching the gospel but he went up and down mountains rode horses motorcycles i mean all, all just you wouldn't believe but he'll, they'll be bringing pictures of what they did. And so I, we just want to celebrate them today. Make sure you come next Sunday. They'll be here Sunday morning. Dana will be preaching. He's Mr. Dana. 
and in the evening, Liz will be, will be ministering in the evening service. They're both outstanding people. Pastor and I have known them since our kids were little. You know, this batch here was little, so we've known them for a long, long time. Okay, so when you're making out your, your regular tithes and offerings, or if you need an envelope, raise your hand. If you're, if you're giving into your miss, the missions offering, make sure you mark that plainly because if you don't, it goes into the general fund. So like Pastor and I write missions in the bottom of our check to distinguish from our tithe and offering. Okay, so make sure that you do that. All right, so let's, uh, I'm just going to do this for, for uh, both uh, missions and, and uh, regular tithes and offerings today. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? What a horrible thought. Wow. You know, who would ever think of robbing God? You know, he's the giver of all blessings. He's everything that we want. He's everything that we need. But yet, people in today's world, believers, Christians, born-again Christians, are still robbing God. And then he says, yet you've robbed me, he said. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. So today... Your missions thing is an offering, and your tithe is 10% of your gross income. It says, you're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. And he instructs us as believers to bring all the tithes into the storehouse at your local church, that there may be food in my house, meat in my house, so that you get the word of God taught to you. And try me in this now, he says, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven, and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. How many can t testify that you've got so much, so many blessings, you just got to start giving them away. It's just too much. You know what I mean? And then he says in verse 11, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit. Uh, to fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations, or all people that see you or are associated with you, will call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of, the ho of hosts. The people around you are going to see the blessings of God upon you. It's such a mighty, strong thing. So anyway, I would never, ever, 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 ever think of robbing God. Just don't, don't ever go there. Amen. All right. So let's, say, let's stand up. Please say your financial faith confession. And then... Uh, Pastor Josh will lead us into praise and worship. All right, you ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, Debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you guys want to come up front and worship with us, please do so.
And with all my strength I lift you up. With all my strength I lift you up. And with all I am I lift you up. With all I am I lift you up. Show them my heart and lift you up.
are good and your mercy endures forever. And we lift your name high today. Thank you, Jesus. I was thinking about how the scripture tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is the name that is above all names. And I can't tell you, and you would, most of you would know the same thing, how many times in life that we haven't known what else to do but to call upon the name of Jesus. And that name has saved us. That name has healed us. That name has restored us. That name has delivered us out of every situation that we've been in. And so, Jesus, we love you today, and we ask that you would have your way in this service. Speak to us, Lord. I pray that our hearts would be uh, soft, Lord. They'd be receptive to receive the word of God. And Jesus, hey, we're here because we want to change. We want to get better. We want to be more like you. And I pray today that as we have ears to hear, Lord, and we have hearts to receive, that our lives would be changed from your word. And we thank you, Jesus. Have your way in this service today. We love you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise together today? Amen. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Well, you can make your way to your seats. And hey, while you're on your way to your seat, tell somebody you picked a great day to be at church. Then, of course, we know that every day is a good day to be at church. But, I mean, you know, we're here right now, so let's celebrate. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to be getting into the Word of God here today. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about this. We've taken, uh, really, the first quarter of this year, uh, we started off uh, by uh, studying our theme verse for 2023, Colossians 2.7, about let your roots grow down into Him. Amen. And let your lives be built upon him, and then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And that's our theme verse for this year. And now I'm excited to get into another deeper level of some things for us. And we're going to be doing a series called Grown Ups. Yeah, who's ready to grow up? I don't believe you. You don't sound like you're ready to grow up. You sound No, listen, listen. I'm not talking about... Uh, physically, and I'm not even just talking about, you know, as a person, but spiritually, we are called to go to a higher level, and we are called to grow up spiritually. And I'm excited about this, um, because our goal here as a church, and, and really what should be your goal as a person, is to develop into a mature, adult, grown-up Christian. Amen. And, and there's a lot that goes into that, and we're going to kind of cover some ground over the next few weeks in this area. Uh, but, you know, one thing I've learned over the course of my life is that age is not necessarily an indicator of maturity. Am I the only one? I mean, you know, you're like, you see somebody, and you're like, man, that guy just must be full of wisdom. And, well, I mean, he's got the dumb, but he didn't get the whiz part of it. You know what I'm saying? And so, listen... Age is not always an indicator of maturity. Um, and, you know, there's some people that have been saved and in church for longer than I've even been alive, yet they're more immature spiritually than some of the children in the nursery up there right now. 
I mean, at least those guys know to call on the name of the Lord, you know, <laughs> trust God. And, and so this may not sound like a super deep thing, but we're going to get into some things today. If you need an outline for the message, raise your hand and the ushers will uh, pass one out to you there. Now, when I refer to being spiritually mature and grown up, you know, I'm not talking about being old and boring, uh, because listen, I've been to some churches where it's just a bunch of old, boring people, and everyone's asleep, and you're like, well, they're very mature. Well, no, I'm not looking to be like that, ever, uh, but you know, the Christian life should be fun, and exciting, and full of joy, who knows that? Yeah, it's a fruit of the Spirit. You should have joy in your life, and that is part of growing up and maturing as a Christian, and so we always want to, hey, we're looking to have a great time praising the Lord and growing together, but there's definitely certain aspects of our Christian life that we've we got to take seriously, and so to start things off with our series today, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball, and this may sound like an oxymoron, uh, but to be mature in your faith, first of all, we are called to have childlike faith. I thought we were talking about being big people here today. Well, we are, but one of the greatest aspects and one of the key components to being a mature and successful Christian is to have a childlike faith. And I want to break that open a little bit for you today. And as, as you study the Gospels, especially the book of Matthew, especially the book of Matthew, Jesus time and time again discusses the faith of children, and how we are to become as children. And one thing is very evident uh, from Jesus' discussion on children. Jesus really, really, really loves kids. In fact, he respects kids. And there are several reasons to that that we're going to discuss. But I want to kind of open up by just looking at a couple of very quick stories about Jesus and the kids. And then I'm going to get into some study here today. But let's look at starting things off in Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 19. Who's glad to be at church today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, there is no greater place that you could be than right here. Matthew 19. And we're going to look here at verses 13 through 15 to kick things off. And again, uh, we're talking about how you can be a mature Christian. But one of the first steps to being a mature Christian is to have a childlike faith where you simply trust the Lord. All right, so Matthew chapter 19. And we're going to look here uh, at starting at verses 13 through 15. And this is interesting. It says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. How many of you would like Jesus to lay his hands on your kids? Woo, yeah. Get a little anointing into them? Yeah, I mean, well, I'd take that all day. But look what happens. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. He's like, man, Jesus is going to deal with the big people. Get these little guys out. They're, they're going to be a bother to Jesus. But look at this. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. And how many times even today do we think that Jesus is just here to take care of the adults and their problems because kids, they couldn't possibly have any real problems. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're not even real people, basically. They're just little guys. But that's not the way that Jesus sees kids. 
And I'm going to tell you that kids have real issues too. And Jesus is just as much there for children as he is for you and your mama and your papa and your grandma and grandpa. Jesus doesn't consider them to be less than you just because they're still short and immature. Right? Jesus, Jesus, let's hear it for short people. Come on, yes. Yeah, there you go. Jesus loves you if you're short. And he loves, he loves everybody. But Jesus loves the kids and children are not bothering Jesus. And that's why this church, man, we got, I, we got kids everywhere. I see kids all the time. I don't even know where they're coming from. All right? There was 105 or 10 kids here last week singing in the play and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's incredible, man. I love this. And I believe that Jesus loves this because Jesus does love the children. And I want you to look here. We're going to backtrack to chapter 18 and verse 6 because it's just incredible how many people think that, yeah, man, get the kids out of here so the real people can hear the word of God. That's not the attitude that Jesus has. And that, as long as I'm around, that is not the attitude that this church will have. This will always be a church for everybody, but for children. And one of my great mentors is in Plano, Texas, Gerald Brooks. He calls his church, he's a, we are a church for children with adult care provided. All right, so we're not babysitting your children. They're hearing the word of God right now. If you've got a newborn up there, they're hearing about Jesus today. If you've got elementary age kids next door, they're hearing about Jesus. We're not passing out just pixie sticks and telling them, hey, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star, man. They're worshiping God and hearing the word today. And you ought to be happy about that because wouldn't it have done you a lot of good to hear some word when you were eight years old? Huh? How many messes could we have avoided? (laughs) Amen? And so here's uh, what Jesus thinks and from his own mouth. I'm not making this up. Jesus literally said this regarding somebody that looks down upon children and does harm to them and treats them wrong. Jesus said, but if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Wait, but I thought Jesus was warm and cozy and wanted to give me a hug. Well, if you want to harm children and look down upon them, he wants to tie a giant boulder around your neck and throw you into the ocean. Woo! I mean, come on, somebody. Hey, I love Jesus and he loves me, but I know this much. I better not mess with children or look down upon them or cause kids to not want to come to the Father's house. Jesus says, basically, I mean, if, if, if you want to read between the lines there, you'd be better off dead than have to answer to Jesus for screwing up a kid. Your chances of survival, unless your name happens to be Houdini, if you are tied to a boulder and thrown into the ocean, your chances of survival are not great, yet you're better off to have that happen than to answer to Jesus for messing up a kid. So, <clears throat> with that being said, Let's get into the word of God together today. Amen. And we're going to see how Jesus expects us to be mature, but that starts with having a basic childlike faith. All right. And so let's let's go ahead and pray. And we're going to get into God's word today. And this is all about teaching us how to grow and mature and be a grown up spiritually speaking. And then, uh, of course, it starts with this simple, simple childlike faith. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much 
for your word and for who you are. And Lord, we pray that today in this service that you would have your way. Speak to us, Lord. Show us what we need to see. Tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. And Lord, our heart's cry is we want to get better. We want to grow up. We want to be the person that you created us to be from before the foundation of the earth. And so I pray today that we are getting a step closer to that. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? All right, so let's go. Number one, Jesus wants you to believe like a kid. Jesus wants for you to believe like a kid does. Now, you notice in those verses we read a minute ago, in Matthew 19, 14, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. The kingdom of heaven, it doesn't belong to those that have the most money. It doesn't even belong to those that have memorized the most scripture and have the most degrees behind their name. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children that trust in Jesus. So we're in Matthew 18 right now. Let's look at the first four verses right here. Matthew 18 verses 1 through 4. It says, about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And I, I don't know why, you know, they thought that this would be a great question to ask. Uh, you know, if you've studied the Gospels, uh, we had 12 dudes here that had some testosterone issues that were always competing with each other all the time. In fact, if you even read the end of the book of John, John brags that he ran to Jesus' tomb faster than Peter did. I mean, these guys were always competing with each other. And two of them were called the Sons of Thunder because they were just so... And I'm thinking, man, that sounds like a WWF tag team from the 80s or something. You know, the Sons of Thunder taking on the Ultimate Warrior. And, you know, I'm like, what is going on with this, man? But anyway, um, and so they go, hey, Jesus... Who would you say is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Wait, wait for it. And Jesus totally shocks them. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Woo! Forget about being the greatest. You don't even have a ticket in unless you become like little children. Verse 4, so anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. They did not see that coming, and a lot of people in 2023 didn't see that coming. Jesus said, unless you become as a little child, you are not even getting into heaven. And then he takes it a step further and says... But if you will become as little children, you're not only getting in, you'll be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What is going on with all of this? Now, the trait that Jesus mentions here is he says you have to humble yourselves as this little child. That original Greek word humble is it's called tapenoo, and this word means two things. It means to lay down one's pride and to reduce things to the basics. That's what humble means, the word that Jesus literally used here. It means unless you lay down your pride and reduce things to the basics, you are not getting in to the kingdom of heaven. 
and you know, to even make it more uh, in a modern day English, Jesus said, anyone who can lay down their pride and admit that they aren't perfect, and if they can quit overcomplicating the gospel message, they'll be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus seemed to really love kids. And many times, specifically in the book of Matthew, Jesus says, you have to become like the little children. But I challenge you right now to prove me wrong. You will not find one spot in the Gospels where Jesus comes up to a group of kids and says, you need to be more like the adults. There's not one time. Read it. Not one time did Jesus come up to any child and say, you need to be more like the boring adults over there. And doubt everything I say and pick it apart and try to prove how it couldn't possibly be true. He doesn't say that. But time and time again, specifically in the book of Matthew, he tells the adults, hey, you need to be more like the kids. So the question is, what is it about kids that Jesus admires so much and thinks that you need to be more like? Well, I believe one big reason Jesus wants us to be more like the kids in our faith is they don't always have to see it to believe it, especially when they have trustworthy parents. And so parents, don't break your kids' trust. If they tell you something in secret, keep it a secret. If they bring something, if you make a promise to them, keep your promise. Because kids begin to see God through the lens of how their parents treat them. And when a kid trusts his father, he'll just take him at his word. Dad could say, hey, I'll get you this this week and just you know, wait till payday or whatever. And if the kid trusts the father, he's like, oh, boom, yeah, I just got me a new baseball glove. And his friends may say, no, you didn't. You can't even see it. My dad promised that it's coming this weekend. It's as good as done. And when kids get a hold of God's word, man, listen, they may pray for something and they, they consider it done. All right, yeah, I've got something good coming. Well, how do you know that? I talked to the father. How else? What do you think? Kids know that if God promised it in his word, our job is to believe that we shall receive and we shall have it. Mark eleven twenty four. And adults, they're like, well, I, I, listen, I get that it says that, but theologically, if you break this word down and blah, 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 and then that means this. And kids are like, what? That's not even what it says. And so, again, Jesus told us, man, don't even worry about being the greatest. You aren't even getting in unless you can humble yourself and become as the children. And so let's look at this next thing here. One great thing that I believe Jesus loves about kids and he wants you to be more like is this, is that kids aren't embarrassed about their beliefs. Kids aren't embarrassed about their beliefs. When a kid believes something, they don't care if you think it's true or not. You know, if, if your kid thinks he's Spider-Man, he doesn't really care if you believe him or not. He believes that. You know, I was, I, was, I was flipping through my Facebook memories the other day, and I saw one that came up. 
Uh, this around, around this time in 2020, I know it's in April, apparently, because it's April right now. But anyway, and so I'm flipping through, and we're about four weeks into the lockdown, right? And, you know, everybody was just going stir-crazy and stuff. And one day, I see my son, Sam. He was about four years old. He comes walking through the house. He's got some headphones on. They're plugged into a biscuit. Literally. And he's like, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I feel bad. He's been locked in the house, you know, for a month now. And I, I mean, I, we're all going crazy at this point. But I'm like, I love you, bud. That, there's, you're not actually hearing any music. He looks at me like I was the crazy one. He's like, what's wrong with you? And he's, he goes rocking. I'm like, it's a biscuit. It's a biscuit. But he believed it. That he was hearing something out of that biscuit. And so, listen, if you tell a kid, man, I, man, I think your beliefs are weird, they're going to be like, well, I think you're weird, so what about that? And I think that Jesus admires that because when they believe something, they lock into it and they, believe, and, and they stick with it. And listen, I know that my kids and so many kids in this church, they have no problem whatsoever telling other people about Jesus. But you're ashamed to pray for your food at lunch. Come on, yeah, we know, we're calling you out. Listen, your kids, they'll go to school, man. The, some of these teenagers I've been talking to, they're, you know, they're, they're loud and proud about Jesus. And I know adults, that, I mean, it's lunchtime, they're like, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. All right, let's go, um, you know, Dame. I would die for my faith. I'm sorry, I said that out loud. So, listen, don't be like that. Jesus saved you. You were a wreck, man. You're ashamed of Jesus? No. Be as the children. They're not ashamed of Jesus. They love him. They'll tell people about him, and they don't care if you agree with it or not. They still believe it. So let's look at Romans 1.16. We're coming back to Matthew. Let's look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. We're trying to get some people to grow up today, and it starts by admitting that you are not perfect and that you need to become as the children. Romans 1 and verse 16. I'm going to do this in the New King James. Romans 1 and verse 16. And the Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so Paul's, I'm not ashamed of this. I believe this and I am not embarrassed about my beliefs. And so that brought this question to my mind. What if adults were as bold about Jesus as kids are? Dude, I think the job of evangelizing the world would have been done years ago. And I could be sitting in my mansion in heaven right now. Right? Because he said, listen, when the whole earth gets to hear this message, the gospel, then the end will come. We're still waiting on every nation, every people group to hear the gospel, and they haven't yet. But I think if we'd put a bunch of kids in charge of it, we'd probably get to be in heaven already right now. Because they're not ashamed of the gospel. They believe it. They're loud, they're proud, and they don't care if you agree with them on it or not. I love that 
about the kids. Let's go back to Matthew 21. Matthew 21, verses 15 through 16. Because here's another example. One thing, you know, I just think should take place at every church, but I know it does take place here, is we've got some kids that like to praise and worship God. Man, they'll come up to the altar, they'll dance, they'll raise their hands, they'll sing, they'll jump up and down. Now, to a religious person, to an old fuddy-duddy, they'll come and, man, make the kids sit down so the adults can praise. And Jesus is like, man, you make me want to puke. You make, you, you don't make me want to puke. That's disgusting. And so let's look at one of the times in Scripture where the old folks got mad at the kids for praising God. Matthew 21 and we're going to look here at verses 15 through 16. This is Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. We just studied this a couple weeks ago on Palm Sunday. But Matthew 21, and we're going to look here at uh, starting at verse 15. It says, the leading priest and the teachers. So this is the preachers, man. This is the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, praise God. God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus replied, and haven't you ever read the scriptures? So they're like, do you hear the kids? And he's like, yeah, have you ever read the Bible? What about you? For the scriptures say you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Now the King James and the New King James, I love how they word that. It says, out of the mouths of the children, the babes, has God perfected praise. Time out. So, according to God, when children are praising, he says it's literally perfect praise. Perfect. You know, we want to have all the greatest, latest worship and all, you know, the best musicians and all the, woo, the worldwide tours. They're like, man, these guys are talented. That's perfect. And God's like, yeah, yeah. I want to hear the kids sing today. You know why? Because that's perfect praise to God. That's what Jesus said. Out of the mouths of the children has God perfected praise. These kids were leading the praise of Jesus coming down into Jerusalem on that donkey. They were shouting, they were praising, the old folks were mad, and Jesus was really happy. And so was God the Father. Why is the kids' praise perfect praise? I'll tell you why. Because they're bold about it. They're shouting and dancing. And another reason is they actually believe what they're singing. Uh, just, you know, this isn't really my beat. This isn't really my flavor, but, you know, it's good for you. The kids don't care about that. No, they believe what they're singing. And they get loud and proud about it. How would you act, you know, I'm just asking, honest question, if Jesus physically walked into the room today, I mean, literally walks into this room, I, for one, probably wouldn't be like, man we'd be shouting and jumping and yeah jesus hosanna to the son of david we'd be getting loud sorry i got loud right there some of I, a few of you were asleep i just woke some up sorry go back to sleep this wasn't for you but listen 
I'm thinking about uh, one time my brother Joe, when we were, I, don't know, I was in high school, so he was around 10. We went to this big uh, fan fest uh, for the Indiana Pacers. So we were there at the arena, and it was cool. We, my brother got us in, my, uh, my brother Ben. And we were walking in these back hallways. I was meeting players and all this stuff, shaking hands. Jalen Rose, man, we met him and all this stuff. And so we somehow stumbled into this small room, you know, smaller than our sanctuary here even. And there was, in Indiana, okay, there's Jesus, then there's a guy named Reggie Miller, and then there's others. But, and so, I mean, this was the man. We walk in, he's auctioning off a basketball for charity. There's probably like a hundred, like, rich people in there. We certainly were not the people that were supposed to be in that room. We were not invited. And so, we walk in somehow, and there's the man himself, and my brother sees him, and nearly has a heart attack. He, he starts, oh, Reggie! And he's screaming and shouting, and, and everyone's like, shut up, shut up! And we had to, like, kidnap my brother and run him out of the room in a headlock. Why? He saw the one that he admired and loved and thought that had done more for him than anybody in this world. He couldn't contain his excitement. Because kids are like that. And a kid today... Jesus does something, and they want to tell everybody, the adults, I believe faith is a private matter. You don't discuss that in the workplace. You know, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, and then you want to go to Jesus and ask him to do something for you when you've been embarrassed about him all week long. If my kids wanted to disown me in front of their friends and then come and ask me for a hundred bucks, no hundo for you. <laughs> like, why would I give you money? When you don't, apparently, you don't really think that highly of me. I'm not your sugar daddy here. I mean, come on. Listen. Listen. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. And so, when these kids were going crazy for Jesus, he said, oh, man, music to my ears. Out of the mouths of the children, God has perfected praise. And all the old people, it made them even more mad. Let's, let's just kill the guy. Well, by the end of the week, they killed him, right? <laughs> but he didn't stay dead as we studied last week. Amen. Jesus is alive. Adults, you realize that when we discuss Jesus, we're not speaking of some historical figure from the past. You do realize that, right? Come on. No, you realize that. He is alive today, right? <laughs> he didn't stay dead. He came back to life, and he is still alive today. And so many people talk about him like he's Abraham Lincoln or something, just a great man from our past. No, no, no. Jesus is in our present, and praise God, he's in our future too. Amen? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on. So get excited. Grow up. Be like a kid sometime, man. Out of the mouths of the children, he's perfected praise. Don't be embarrassed about your beliefs and don't be ashamed of the gospel. It saved you from hell, man. And it saved you from hell on earth that you were living in anyway. Get excited. And then number three is this. Discussing kids. Why does Jesus want you to be like a kid? Well, hey, number three, kids have faith. Kids have faith. Now, I've noticed 
that kids aren't surprised when their prayers get answered. Just a humble observation over the years. You know, that a kid prays for something, and sometimes it's something huge, and it happens, and the kid's like, all right, let's go. And then the adults are standing there like, that actually happened? And the kids aren't even surprised. They expected it the entire time. They aren't shocked when God actually answers their prayers because they legitimately expect him to answer the prayer so it doesn't surprise them when God delivers. Are you surprised when the mailman shows up to your house every day and delivers the mail? You expect it. And you you know, the mail doesn't come, you're like, Honey, you're not going to believe this. That white truck pulled up again today, fourth time this week, and put the mail in our mail. Do you believe that? And your spouse is going to be like, yeah, (laughs) they do that. That's what they do. And when you ask a kid, you believe that God answers prayer? Yeah, what he does. (laughs) It's, It's who he is. And that is yet another reason why the Lord wants us to become like the children. Remember that we saw part of the definition of becoming humble like a child is to reduce things to the basics. Well, there's nothing more basic than just simply believing God. Nothing more basic than that. Now, when a kid prays, he doesn't try to reason things out like so many adults do. Okay, I'm going to pray this, but in order for God to help me, I'm going to need three of these different types of miracles. I'm going to have to fast for three weeks, 21 days, and then cast out the spirit of Beelzebub, and then I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Like, what? What are you talking about, man? No. The, the kids simply ask for Jesus to answer the prayer. They move on with life just trusting that Jesus will do it. Now, other great things about kids and their faith, they're, they get directly to the point when they're talking to God. And I've seen with so many adults They basically give God directions on how to answer their prayer when they pray it. Lord, I need $1,000 by Friday. and I don't care if you have my rich uncle give it to me by check, cash, or money order, Lord. But uh, praise God. If I start this GoFundMe, you know, that's fine too. Lay it on my boss's heart. You know, go do what you want to do, Lord. Amen. What? Let him do what he's going to do. Just trust him to get the job done, man. You don't have to tell God how to do his job. He's been great at it for billions of years. And you've been pretty bad at being your own God for the last couple decades. So kids trust the Lord. They trust these Bible verses. They believe that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, by a fish, great big fish. Do you believe that? I believe it. The kids believe it. You know, uh, one of my favorite stories, I haven't told it for a while, but my my, my son Isaac, he got a hold of Malachi chapter 3. Uh, we, in fact, we read that this morning where it says, if you will tithe, God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great that you won't even have room enough to receive it. So when he was about, I don't know, five years old, I'm guessing, it's been a while now, but uh, I was cleaning out the car one day, and I'm just going to say right now, those little goldfish crackers, they're one of the many tools of the devil sometimes, whenever they're poured all over your car. And so, I'm, I mean, I was a little bit mad. I'm cleaning the car out. And I'm, I'm just throwing them over the car. Just, going everywhere. And out of the background, I just, I hear this little, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woo, thank you. And he's getting all excited. And finally, I'm done with the car. I walk over there, and he's like, Dad, you're never going to believe this. 
God made it rain goldfish out of heaven. I swear. And I'm like, wow. He believed it. And, you know, I didn't have the heart to tell him, you know, son, that was me. I'm so sorry, bud. <laughs> now we know. But they believe it. I remember another story. I one, This was years ago, too, but the, my oldest boys, Joel and Isaac, were talking before church. They were trying to bring some offering to church. So Isaac said, Joel, are you going to give your dollar to Jesus because he doesn't have any more money? And Joel says, Isaac, Jesus has thousands of dollars. We give him money every week at church. <laughs> then Isaac, like four years old, he comes back. I know. I gave him all of my nickels last week. <laughs> it was cute. It was cute. The Lord has more than paid him back. I can tell you that tonight. Amen. But, you know, many times, even on the way to school, we pray on the way to school every morning. They pray for their friends and stuff. But many times, what's always it gets me. Randomly, some of the kids will pray for one of, the, one of you guys, one of the different random adults or people from church here. And sometimes it'll surprise me, like, how did you think of that person? I mean, we haven't even, you know. And, and, and what happens is this, is that the Holy Spirit will place one of you before one of the children. They'll put, the Holy Spirit will put you on some little kid's heart. Why? He knows they'll respond and they'll actually pray for you. And the, a lot of the adults won't. Yeah, come on. Yeah. How many times does, you know, the Holy Spirit keeps putting someone's heart or their, you know, their face before you and you're like, oh, that's weird. I wonder what they're doing today. <laughs> you know, but a kid's like, oh, man, I better pray for her. I better pray for him. And I have wondered how many times has one of these little kids, they're making noise right now and I love it. How many times has one of those little dudes up there prayed for you during their bedtime prayers and saved your life? And you'll never even know about it till you get to heaven. I think God can count on them oftentimes more than a lot of the adults. I think spiritually speaking, often they're more mature. At least they know enough to just believe him. And oftentimes they too know enough to just obey what it says. And God can use them. And he can talk to them. And I believe they listen a lot better than a lot of us do sometimes. And again, that's music to my ears right now. Because a church that doesn't have the noise of children, their days are numbered. And it's going to die sometime. We need that. And I love it. Amen. And so uh, we will always be a church like that. And so kids have faith. And so whatever it is that you may be going through today... I want to ask you to not overcomplicate it. Be like a kid and believe what the Bible says about your situation. Believe. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Can we go there? Hebrews 11, 1. Amen. Who wants to become as a child today? Hebrews 11, we're going to look at verse 1, Hebrews 11, verse 1, I'm in the NLT, and I'm going to use specifically the 2002 uh, copy of the NLT, but it says this, 
What is faith? What is it? People ask that. What's faith? Here's what it is. It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It's the evidence of things we cannot yet see. What what is faith? It's this assurance that what we've been hoping and believing for is actually going to happen. When you have hope, you see like, okay, I guess this could be possible. When you have faith, you are assured. You're convinced like, oh man, this is going to happen. Wow, this this is great. You really believe it even though you've never even seen it. So I'm telling you today, faith is confident. Don't be surprised when you see God move in your life. Be happy, be excited, rejoice, but it shouldn't surprise you that God delivered on his word. You should have been believing it the whole time. And faith gives us this assurance about things that we can't even see. Look at verse 6. Verse 6. And Hebrews 11, just so you know, is called the Faith Hall of Fame. God, you know, it goes through the rest of this chapter, naming all these people from the Old Testament that are Hall of Famers when it comes to their faith. And something unique about each of them is they all faced really difficult situations. Because you don't get a really great big testimony unless you pass the really great big test. And it takes faith to pass these tests. Hebrews 11.6, and it is impossible. Somebody say impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. Why? Well, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You can't even believe that God's real without faith because you've never seen him. Now, I've seen his creation. I've seen the works of his hands. I've seen what he can do, but I've never seen him. Yet I believe that he is more real than the people sitting in this room today. He's done more for me than any person sitting in this room today. He's done more for me than any person or thing that I can actually see But until I get to heaven, I'm just going to have to trust that he's real. And praise God, he has brought me through every bad thing that I have ever come across in my entire life. Cancer, everything. He's brought me through it. Why? Because he is real. And check this out. He rewards those who sincerely seek him. You may be like, well, I don't have it all together. I don't know all the Bible. I don't know all this and blah, blah, blah. Well, We'll get there, but listen, are you sincerely seeking him? Because he rewards those. If you're sincere, he knows it. And he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So a lot of people, listen, a lot of people are looking for the rewards that God gives, but they aren't sincerely seeking him. They're seeking the blessings, but not the blesser. Where are you at today? You just, you, what, you only like him because you've heard he can do cool things for you? You only like him because you're in a bad spot? You're only seeking him because you're facing difficulty? Listen, that's not where the reward comes. When we seek him just because we want to know him, 
just because we love him, just because we want to be like him, just because we want him, all that other stuff will happen. It'll happen. And, you know, some people are like, no, you don't expect God to give you, no, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he will. He will. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things that you need, he'll give them to you. Because that's what a good father does, right? My, my kid, you know, the things my kids need. They don't have to beg me for food every day. What kind of parent is that? Father, can we please eat today? <laughs> we beseech thee, great one. Man, get in there and heat up a hot pocket or something. I mean, come on. You know, they don't have to beg me for the necessities. Father, may I sleep in the house this evening? I'd get mad if they asked me that. Of course you can. I mean, what's wrong with you? And yet so many people treat God that way. Oh, Lord, I'm worth nothing. I am nothing. I am just the lowest of lows. But if it be in thine heart, Lord, could you please blah, blah, blah. And he's like, would you stop that? You're my daughter. Why are you begging? You can come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. You can come right in to the Father's house and talk directly to him. You don't got to go through me or anybody else. You can go to the Father through Jesus, the Son, and receive the help that you need in the time of need. You are a child of God. Seek him, not all his stuff. He'll give you the stuff, but what he wants is your heart, and he wants you to seek him above all that other stuff. And so I want to ask you a question today, especially to those who have been a Christian for a long time. Are you still sincerely and diligently seeking God? Or did you get so grown up and mature that at some point, at some point you quit serving God with childlike faith? Yeah, yeah, I used to get all that, but I mean, now, now here I am, I've been in church for 50 years and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, good for you. Do you sincerely trust God or you just know it all now? And no one can tell you anything, so you've got it all together. Where are you at in your faith? Kids trust God without having to understand and know every last little detail. Of course, we do grow in our faith and we do develop more understanding. But we have to still trust and obey God even when we don't feel it. So many people tell me, yeah, I just, I'm not feeling it today, man. What happened to we walk by faith, not by sight? I don't, there's a lot of that. Uh, can I be a thousand percent honest? I didn't honestly feel like preaching today, if I'm just being really serious with you right now. But I said, Lord God, hey, it's not about me. It's about your word, and it's about the people out there that need to hear the word of God. I didn't feel like it. But guess what? We walk by faith. Not by how we feel. When you can step out of your feelings and just trust God, you're growing up. You're going somewhere. God can really start using you. When you don't have to know and see every little thing. You got one final story, then we're going to wind things down here today. But I heard this story about a successful and, and wealthy man who went to Calcutta to meet Mother Teresa and serve in her orphanage. So again, wealthy, successful man, I'm not going to name his name, but he went for three months to find out how he could best spend the rest of his life. When he met Mother Teresa, he asked her uh, to pray for him. And she said, well, what do you want me to pray for? He then uttered the request that he had 
carried for thousands of miles, clarity. Pray that I would have clarity. Mother Teresa said, no, I'm not going to do that. When he asked her why, she said, clarity is the last thing that you are clinging to and have all control over, and you've got to let go of it. When he said that she always seemed to have clarity, the very kind of clarity he was looking for, Mother Teresa laughed and said, I've never had clarity. What I have always had is trust. So I'm going to pray that you will actually trust God. And so many of you today, you're like, if I could just see, if I could just have it all. And God, listen, just trust God. Just trust God. He'll show you one step at a time how to get there. But he can't, he can't show you the full thing right now. You'd screw it up. I'd screw it up. If God showed me the final destination, I'd be like, okay, cool, that's it. I'm just going to take this shortcut over there, and I'd blow the whole thing up. He will not show it all to you, but he will show you one step at a time. And if you're mature, you'll know to trust him. Okay, I don't know why, but I'll just go ahead and take that step. And he'll say, very good. Now the next step is to do this. And if you take that step, he'll say, now we're getting somewhere. Here's the next step. But what we're talking about today is this. If we're going to grow and mature spiritually, the first thing that you're going to have to do is to lay down your pride, admit that you do not have all the answers, and to quit overcomplicating it all. Read God's word, trust what it says, and obey what it says. And then God can start using you in something, and you're going to start seeing some growth in your life. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise today? All right, I'm going to ask us to stand up together this morning. Praise God. I pray that everybody received the word of God today. Amen. I know that's not the deepest thing that we've ever come across, but it's so important that we begin to get a hold of this, that the very first step is to simply trust God and quit trying to tell God how to do his job. Quit trying to figure it all out. The scripture tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Amen. I'm going to have my prayer team come up this morning. The number one thing that we could make available to you today is this. It's the free gift of salvation. That's it. I mean, we're talking about getting into the kingdom of heaven right here. We're talking about what Jesus said. Unless you become as a child, don't even worry about being great because you aren't getting in. And so the big thing today is this. If you're here and you do not have things right with the Lord, if maybe you did at one point, but you kind of, you know, what something happened and you walked away. All right, you know, maybe you just never had that relationship with Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Joshua put it this way in Joshua 24, 15. He said, choose for yourselves this day who you're going to serve. And so 
what so many mature adult, you know, adult people do is, oh yeah, let me think about that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it and I'll get, I'll get around to that. No, no, no. Don't put this one off. Choose today who you will serve. And if you're like, well, I don't want to make a decision. I, 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 I don't want to choose right now. Then you've made your choice. The answer is yes, or the answer is no. And so we challenge you today to choose Jesus. Even if you don't understand everything about him, guess what? I don't understand everything about him yet. I'm trying. I'm reading more. I'm talking to him more every day. But I don't understand everything about this yet. That's why I've got to trust him. And I'm telling you today, no matter who you are, you're going to have to lay down your pride at some point. It's either going to be a day like this where you're surrounded by friendly people or it's going to be the day that you stand before God and your pride's really going to get <laughs> crucified that day. But it's going to be too late. And you're like, well, you're threatened? No, man, stop that. Don't be, no, stop. We're trying to let you know you will never have a better chance to get things right with God than today right now. And we just want to help you. We want to be that bridge to get you to that's all. And so I want to pray with us today. And if you're here and you'll pray with us, you could have the right relationship with Jesus. And, and, and again, you're going to have questions. You're not going to know it all right now. And that's why we've got a, a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer, where we will connect you with someone else, you know, an, an adult, mature person from the church here that can mentor you for the next 30 days. They'll text you a Bible verse, a devotion. They'll pray with you. If you got questions, great. If you're like, hey, I just want to read, you know, fine, whatever. But we'll do our best to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes together today? I want us to say a prayer together. And let's say this prayer and let's trust it and let's mean it. Can you say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give him some praise today? Amen. Listen, if you're here and you prayed that and you're interested in a little extra help, hey, we want to do that. If you, this is Jose over here raising his hand right there. See him, handsome young man, right? Jose, listen, if you're interested in this next step of a spiritual personal trainer, please come see Jose. He's going to be right over here right after service. He'll just get your name and number, and we will connect you with somebody this week. And if you're watching online, man, DM us in the messages there, and we will get you uh, the information, and we will help you the very best that we can. Amen. All right, if you're here and you need prayer today, uh, we want to pray for you for anything at all. Our prayer team's right here, and we will hook our faith up with yours today. And if you're good, man, just let's take a few minutes to worship God before we close things out. Amen? Let's go.
positioned your name stands above them all your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions all powers and positions your name stands above them all and the angels cry holy all creation cries holy you are lifted high holy holy the greatest your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions all powers and positions your name stands above them all your name is the highest your name is the greatest your name stands above them all all thrones and dominions all powers and positions your name stands above them all and the angels cry creation cries holy you are lifted high holy holy forever to hear your people sing holy to the king Holy, holy for. 
things down and close out today. Has anyone been blessed from the word of God today? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good. Amen. A couple of quick reminders. Uh, if you are going on the missions trip to Honduras, uh, there's going to be a quick meeting in the coffee bar. Uh, oh, and Victory. Okay. Thank you. Okay. C Cindy. Okay. Victory Hall. All right. That's fine. Uh, if you are going to <laughs> on the missions trip to Honduras, there's going to be a meeting right after service in Victory Hall. Miss Cindy Grow is leading the trip. And so uh, head over there here in just a few minutes. And we're going to start lining up. The trip is coming up in June. And so we're getting closer and closer. But it's going to be super, super awesome. We want you to be there. And also, if you were with us today for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, we want to welcome you. And we have a welcome team right here. If you could raise your hand real quick. We usually do this at the beginning. Do we have anybody that's joining us for the first time or first time in a long time today? All right. Praise God. Well, we love you. Amen. And all right over here. Thank you. Let's welcome them today. Praise God. We're glad you're with us. There's an info card right there if you'll fill that out. Our welcome team has a nice gift for you with a gift card, and we want to bless you today. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and close things out. And you can be dismissed. And we have service tonight at 6 o'clock. Make sure you're here. It's going to be great. And pastor's going to be tagging on a little bit to what we just talked about, about uh, growing up in your prayer area. So it's going to be great, all right? Let's go ahead and pray together today. Amen. Can we bow our heads and, and can we raise our hands together? Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in the word of God today. And Lord, you know our heart's desire is to grow. We don't want to stay right where we're at. We want to get closer to you, and we want to grow further and further in our faith. And so Jesus, help us to become as the children in our faith, Lord, and to simply trust you, to simply believe you, and Lord, to never be ashamed of our faith, Lord. We love you, we praise you, and we ask that you would use us this week to be the light of the world. We love you so much. We praise you in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? All right, let's do our Barstow Faith Confession, and then you can be dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you tonight. <laughs>